Hi, this is Jeffrey Aaron, and welcome to today's Flying Talkers. We're thinking about things we've missed in 2020, but that's bringing us back to thinking about things we've been missing for maybe longer than 2020. What brings it all to mind is the retirement of a truly great lady in our business who's been around in the cargo business since before you can even remember. Her name is Haida Enfield, and she's going to step back from Lufthansa Cargo at the end of this month. We're going to have her story and some fond remembrances right after this, so stay tuned to that, and thanks again for joining us today. I'll be right back. Flying Talkers podcast is made possible by ATC, One World, One Global Air Cargo General Service and Sales Agent, GSSA. ATC is your key to the air cargo market, both local and internationally. ATC is the best air cargo team in the business. In less than two weeks, when the curtain rings down on a career at an airline that has endured nearly 46 years, or to put it in a proper time frame, since Gerald Ford was USA president after Nixon stepped down, and Helmut Schmidt served as the chancellor of the Federal Republic of Germany, when Haida Enfield packs it in and retires on November 30th and says her last farewell, she'll also ring down the curtain on a family affiliation in the airline business that dates back almost as far as the creation and development of modern post-1950s commercial aviation in Germany. Along the way, Haida has served in many roles with distinction at Lufthansa, but nothing grander or more cutting edge when you talk about our business ahead of its time or effective than her role as head of marketing at Lufthansa Cargo Charter Agency. One thing in all of this is for certain, we'll not see the likes of this kind of excellence in many different roles along this kind of a career, this length of dedicated service. We're not gonna see that in the airline business again. In her many and varied roles as a woman at Lufthansa and in the business, Haida was way ahead of her time and even can be seen as a pioneer, as a key executive of a team we recalled led by Christian Fink that propelled Lufthansa Cargo Charter Agency LCCA service into global impact and fame as the 21st century began. Lufthansa Cargo Charter Agency, or LCCA, we'll refer to it, was a solid, profitable, innovating company that keeps popping up in my mind as some kind of a short-sighted loss by parent Lufthansa Cargo, especially when you think about what's going on right now in the world. Lufthansa divested itself of LCCA, I think around 2005. But what's immediately apparent right now as air cargo and specifically charters dominate the airline playing field is that many of the people that made LCCA go are off at other companies guiding the fortunes of GSSAs and other out to secure charter business around the world in COVID-19. Uh, 2020. Look for Volker Donkaki over at uh, at uh, Ingo Zimmer's ATC as an example. If you need a charter, whatever airline you you want to think about, Volker's the guy to get in touch with. But that's another story. 
Okay. Here we want to talk a bit about Haida and her 46-year love affair with the German airline. I started working for Lufthansa, Haida said, on January 1st, 1975, so almost 46 years ago. And now my last day will be the 30th of November, 2020. I guess I was Lufthansa property from birth, with a father who was a Lufthansa seat for almost day one. My first flight was when I was five years old. The flight was a surprise for me and my twin sister, Uda, because we, Dad took us to Dusseldorf to pick up our first car, which he bought from a friend. Of course, it was a Volkswagen Beetle, Haida smiled. When I left school in summer of 1974, I wanted to join Lufthansa right away, which I did a few months later, four days before my 18th birthday. My first years at Lufthansa were good, but not really very exciting. But when I was moved over to a job in the new tourist department, things really started to take off. What we did over there was make arrangements for travel into Germany, facilitating agent study tours for our offices abroad, or arranging travel for medical services for customers in the Middle East who came to Germany rather than elsewhere uh, because uh, other places were much more expensive to get this kind of medical coverage. Very interesting, even enthralling to get that traffic going, especially with the knowledge that we were building the world-class medical arts profession in Germany and also helping people get well while saving money. And we were growing Lufthansa all at the same time, Haida said. After about 10 years, a decade later, it was time to move on. So I applied for a job in Munich and I got it. I moved to Munich in 1992, just before the opening of the new airport there, Haida said. After a couple of years came Kurt Scholz, the head of sales and handling South Germany for Lufthansa Cargo. Herr Scholz asked me to take over his accounting department. He said that word up was that I was a good team leader. <laughs> Flattery gets you everywhere. And we need leaders with drive and imagination, Herr Scholz said. So I took the job. Well, the accounting department was sheer chaos as there had not been a top numbers guru for a couple of months. So while getting the numbers game sorted with the help of a colleague from Cologne, we realized that an awful lot of dedicated and otherwise talented and well-meaning people were working in accounting. But without formal training, they were like a motion out of control, like a windsock at an airport, moving in all directions depending on which way you know, the currents were moving. So together, Ida said, with the Lufthansa School and Central Revenue Accounting in Hamburg, we set up courses and soon I was a trainer on the job in addition to my regular duties. It's no secret that management follows the money. So before long, Haida said, I was tasked to take over as head of revenue in Hamburg, responsible for Lufthansa Cargo Global Revenue Accounting. Well, then she took a bite out of Hamburg. Haida said, I moved to Hamburg at the beginning of 2000. I really had some very memorable and truly great times in Munich as well as in Hamburg. Both places were great. Lots of nice colleagues. The job was fun and diversified. And the Hamburg experience involved quite a bit of traveling to cargo station offices abroad to implement new ideas and ensure the Lufthansa quality proposition, Heider recalled. But then it was back to the future. 
In October 2002, I moved back to Frankfurt and joined Lufthansa Cargo Charter Agency, a newly formed subsidiary of Lufthansa Cargo. First, I worked as a senior sales manager, and in 2004, I became head of marketing and PR. Those years at Charter were the most exciting ones in my entire career. LCCA was a small company, so we had quick decisions, and it was no nine-to-five job, but allowed for great freedom and possibilities to create and develop new strategies and procedures. LCCA was also non-stop exciting projects, meeting a lot of people from all over the world. Press worked with the international air cargo publications, then there were trade fairs, and a level of contact in every aspect of the adventure that was second to none. I guess the best part, Haida says, we were pioneering. We were going places and setting a tone while delivering a solid, steadily growing business. And a couple of words about Christian Fink. Haida Enfield said softly, our managing director was just terrific. Christian, quite the Renaissance man, made it possible for everybody to express their entrepreneurship in real time, every day on the job. He put a lot of trust in his team, and the result was that together we made the company a solid success. But then, unfortunately, Haida said, he was replaced and things changed a lot, and not for the better. In 2013, the company was reintegrated into Lufthansa Cargo, which meant that it closed down with only a handful of staff remaining doing charter for LH Cargo, but on a lot smaller scale. So with heart and soul, I must say Lufthansa Charter was really not only the most exciting, but the most painful experience. Breaking up is hard to do yeah? during my 46 years here. Well, as of today, right now, where are we now? Since Charter, I've been working at LH Cargo Handling in Frankfurt on a lot of different projects. The good news is that as always, here too, I've met some wonderful people and we've been able through it all to connect for positive good of our company. I wouldn't say that 46 years passed in a whim or a wink. It does feel like an awfully long time, especially during 2020 when we're home all the time. And now I'm ready to say goodbye, Ida said wistfully. Well, we say back to Haida, thanks for the memories, thanks for the great times and for being the person you were and inspiring future generations of people into the air cargo business. And we hope we'll hear your voice again along the trail. But in any case, happy trails, happy journeys, good life ahead, my dear Haida. This is Jeffrey Aaron. I thought to dwell just for a minute on that summer party Lufthansa Charter used to have in Germany. It was just always a great highlight. They bring in their families, bring in a lot of kids. And initially we went to this 1920s petting zoo, um, the Vivarium in Darmstadt, which was right down the road from Frankfurt. And it was a lot of fun. They'd have a different theme every year. Remember one year when Germany was playing in the World Cup, 
It was very, very exciting. Haida had laid out this great spread of German wines and foods and all kinds of different things. Well, of course, everybody was in the media tent where a big flat screen TV had this sort of elevating the tent off the ground every time the Germans would score. Also observed outside of the vivarium, people riding around with little flags on their car, something they hadn't done German flags on their cars, something they hadn't done in many, many years. There was a sense of great pride at that moment. And uh, it was during the, the 2000s, several times they had these uh, this venue. The, one of the places they went to with this party was uh, over in uh, Ausbach near Seeheim. Uh, and instead of knocking around the zoo, they went to this castle over there, this old Schloss Ausbach castle that was at least 12th century, something like that. And it was a lot of fun. It was just great. A lot of kids, a, a lot of, um, uh, you know, you know, the cicadas that come out in the summer, they kind of make that that make that noise in the trees and around you. And, and if you make enough noise, they make enough noise. Uh, it was just kind of a beautiful scene. And uh, it was always a wonderful, wonderful din that, that rose and fell on the breeze all afternoon over there. An entertaining day for the family. And for the and for the commercial customers as well, no heavy no heavy deal there. A little bit of a program, but not much of a program. Just enough to have some time in the case of the castle for people to walk around the old ramparts and 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 be able to enjoy themselves. Family parties, uh, especially in Germany, are are, are pretty fine. Uh, uh, the, there's only one left in the cargo business that I know of, and that's the late summer Oktoberfest party that ATC puts on uh, near Frankfurt Airport in a fisherman's lodge, which is always a lot of fun with the umpa and the and 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 the uh, the the wonderful uh, mushrooms and 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 the great food and the people and uh, beer and the aspak and the whole deal. It's always a lot of fun, and uh, so we treasure those moments. We treasure our friends. We're, we miss. What, what used to be, but we understand how things have changed, but we're going to remember those people as an integral part of moving forward into 2021. Lots of changes in the world, but let's remember the people that gave us the path to the future in a positive and decent way. This is Jeffrey Arendt. We note that uh, Glenn Hughes is going to go over to Tiaka and try to bail out that organization that hasn't really had an effective leader and a guy that stood up and got things done since they shot themselves through the foot a few years ago and let Daniel Fernandez go. One of the colossal errors that somebody might have made in the business and did themselves absolutely no good. Tiaka like a lot of us, I guess, myself included, the air cargo business, the journals, journalist side of the air cargo business, we're kind of hanging on to see how things are going to develop in the future. We want to see, especially in this time of trial for everybody, where it looks like the coronavirus is coming back, we want to see a success. And we want to see Glenn, who's going to need to muster all the power he has come in and try to turn that organization around. Glenn just capped a great career at IATA. 
you got to imagine he probably doesn't need this. He's probably got a great package from IATA when he retired. I know he's living in Switzerland. Probably has a great package from the country he was born in. And uh, he certainly has the resources, the intelligence, and the desire because he's taken the job to be the top man at Tiaka. But he's going to need it. And maybe that and maybe more. We just wish him luck. And we hope that... Uh, that group Tiaka succeeds because you know something? That's an organization that I was personally involved in back in the day with Buzz Whalen and Bill and some other people, Bill Bosch and some other people when they were starting up. I attended the very first board meeting at the In-N-Out Club in London. I remember it so well. Uh, uh, I remember Brown Wilder and, uh, and, uh, and some of the other people that were there. We sat around in this old club and we had a lot of fun. Uh, it was just just a bunch of guys getting together talking about how we might advance the air cargo industry and do things there. I decided as a publication, but this isn't about me, I decided as a publication to stay on the outside. If everybody is in as part of a certain organization, how, how, can anybody, how, the, how the hell does anybody report on what's going on in an objective and disinterested way, truly disinterested way? So we... You might have noticed over the years, if you search for our flying typers or our cargo news logo at trade shows and places like that, I don't do that. It's not that I don't want to be part of helping to build the business. I just think a disinterested observer is probably the best way to go. Well, Glenn has been a great pioneer for IATA for years and years and years, and he got out with his tail and his life, and that's a good thing. And the fact that he wants to come back in and give... Tiaka a shot is a great thing because when we started it, it was a dream that would bring people together. It wouldn't be dominated by one group or another group. It'd be an open house for everybody. And that dream still lives and, and the show is still there. And they somehow have figured how to pilot through. Sure, sure, Tiaka is going to change. And uh, Glenn Hughes is going to have to have a program that brings in a badly shaken industry that is going to be watching every bit of its money to see what it wants to support and where it wants to support things. It's not going to be an automatic slam dunk. There's nothing for free, but we wish him the best. And I guess he's starting February 1st, and we'll be right there with bells on to help move him along. This is Jeffrey Aaron. Funny how things run in bunches. Just mentioned Volker Donkaki from the uh, from the Lufthansa charter. Well, now he's at ATC, and right now they're prepared for the global vaccine race because here it comes. And as we mentioned, Volker was part of the management of LH uh, Cargo Charter, and he's ATC's expert for charter solutions. And he's one of the great ones in the business today. There's nothing he won't take care of. You call up and there's none of this uh, wishy-washy business back and forth. Let me get back to you. Let me see, you know, let me see. I'll have one guy talk to some other guy. You'll get answers, you'll get service, and you'll get absolute delivery you can depend on from Volker. I can personally guarantee that. Well, based in Frankfurt, head office of ATC, CEO Ingo Zimmer, who's another stand-up guy, is not missing a step having launched the ATC Aviation Global COVID Vaccine Task Force team. 
This is what he said. Our team is ready, preparing solutions for the global vaccine distribution. It's been going on for weeks now. We've sort of lowballed it, and now we've brought in these different people to bring some absolute expertise to the business. Thomas Baumart, previously with AFKLM's Pharma Team Central Europe, is now leading the pharma expertise arm at ATC. So all relevant stakeholders have been identified and contacted. Shippers, agents, ground handlers, airlines, containers providers, trucking companies. The task force is coordinating the worldwide pharma activities in the ATC global organization. That's what uh, Ingo Zimmer said. On regional levels, the country managers and their farmer experts on site are responsible for local contacts and the implementation of the respective solution. Look, it's expected, Ingo said, that the main origins for production will be in Europe, India, Brazil, Korea, China, and the USA. Well, news out of the USA was very hopeful this week, wasn't it? Uh, Pfizer with its 90% uh, effective vaccine. So we can start looking for some some therapeutics and, ma- and vaccines to start moving quite soon. Should be known that together with their airline partners, ATC controls 300,000 tons of annual capacity and serves more than 500 destinations globally. Ingo said, we deliver any solutions utilizing charter capacities on freighters, and as he likes to call it, praters. Who came up with that name? You know, the passenger airplanes. Maybe maybe in the future, what they'll do is they'll cut a bigger door on the passenger side of the airplane so, uh, so they'll be able to put in some containers. Once upon a time, they had containers on passenger aircraft. As I always love to tell the story of Finn Air, used to fly an airplane nonstop from Helsinki to New York. I believe it was a DC-8 that had a, instead of a front door for passengers into first class, it had a front door for cargo containers and first class was behind the wing. That was always kind of a shock to the elitists that were sitting up there, but uh, this is what it was. We are well aware of the importance of our role in the supply chain of the vaccines, and we are ready. That's what Ingo Zimmer said. You got questions or something that needs to be there yesterday? Go to atc-aviation.com for answers. This is Jeffrey Aaron. I wanted to say a few words about Veterans Day that took place. We call it Veterans Day here in America. It took place last week on November the 11th. I, I speak up now because I am a veteran of the Vietnam War, and I've discovered as life has gone on, that war, which in fact America lost, um, was very unpopular when we came back. We were ridiculed by people, by other people. Same kind of division there is in the country now where people speak of their preference politically, they risk the wrath of the other opposing force in a country badly divided as our election results show. But I was reminded of that watching these returns come in. But, but, but this is about, about, the, uh, about the Veterans Day, the Remembrance Day. And Flanders Fields comes to mind. Uh, John McRae was a Canadian doctor who served in the trenches of World War I in Belgium in an area known as Flanders. And uh, I guess he wasn't a poet, but he became a poet when he 
when he sat in his trench in, in mud up to his knees and wrote In Flanders Fields, which became the best known poem of World War I. In UK and other places, Remembrance Day, November 11th, is still celebrated with people wearing poppies, most notably in London at the Cenotaph at Whitehall. Designed by Edwin Lutyens, Cenotaph is the most moving war memorial ever created anywhere. I think Lutyens, who also, by the way, designed the city of New Delhi, he may have designed the Cenotaph in Central Park in New York City, but I'm unsure of that. I've been looking at that at the entranceway at Central Park South near Columbus Circle, where I'm usually peering at the great statue of Christopher Columbus. But I've been reading and watching a lot about World War One. Most recently, our public television service here in America ran a three-part series titled The Great War. Wherever you are in the world, that's not to be missed. Yeah, it's about America, America quite a bit, and how we emerged on the world stage. But it's a, a beautifully done, magnificent piece. It's just a, a great series to watch and, and, and quite, quite the thing to learn something about World War I. You know... Despite everything they knew, the takeaway is, and all the killing, how the world allowed a staggering 175 to 200 million people or more, by some counts, to then die during World War II that began barely 20 years after the war to end all wars, concluded in 1918, is as difficult to imagine as why World War I happened in the first place. I mean, all the European countries were just fat, dumb, and happy. Manufacturing was at a record. The colonial time was maybe the handwriting was on the wall, but still the, these were powerful nations that were sitting, as we like to say on the street in New York, they were sitting good. And how they got into it, something we can only still ponder because it affects us over 100 years after the war ended. Anyway, here in America where we honor Veterans Day, many of us pause at the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, remember Armistice Day and the moment World War I finally ended. Memorial Day weekend celebrated in late May in this country, in the USA every year, you know, with a car race, the uh, Indianapolis 500, and many retail super sales days and parades across the USA seems to be the more recognized holidays for those served. But my daughter Florence and my other kids always send me a happy Veterans Day so I got a, the notice the year, the, it came by mail now because we're all locked down, but I got the notice. So I decided to write about it, put it in flying typers. They jogged my memory and to share this with you. So it's all good. President Trump stood in the pouring rain November 11th to lay a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier, honoring those who served in all America's conflicts, lest we forget. In Flanders' fields, the poppies blow. Between the crosses, row on row, 
that mark our place, and in the sky the larks, still bravely singing, fly, scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead. Short days ago, we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved. But now we lie in Flanders fields. Take up our quarrel with a foe. To you, from falling hands, we throw the torch. Be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep. Though poppies grow in Flanders fields. John McRae was a doctor, as I mentioned at the top, a Canadian doctor. He was sitting in mud up to his knees in his 20s, his early 20s, when he wrote that piece. 104 years ago, in 1916. Thank you for your time this time. Until next time. This is Jeffrey Aaron saying, wear your mask. Keep looking up. Goodbye. Speak to me. Good, Lou.